Welcome to the Food Panda interview. Today's guest is Tim Lennox, uh, the CEO of Number One Living, uh, a company that was born when England rugby legend Johnny Wilkinson began exploring the role of living foods in a healthy mind and body. It's a brand that focuses on innovation and puts health and well-being right at its heart. Um, the range can, currently includes kombucha, kefir and health shots, and the brewing process it uses creates living drinks that are unpasteurized with no nasties, full of beneficial bacteria, probiotics and acetic acids, all excellent for gut health and overall well-being. I'm very much looking forward to hearing about Tim's experiences in retail, how Number One Living has been expanding its range and scaling up and what the future holds for the business. So uh, welcome, Tim. Good morning. So I guess the first thing to ask is, how did the idea for turning um, Johnny's experiments evolve into a business? I think the first thing to say is, is John, there's a lot of brands out there where they've got these sort of ambassadors or famous individuals to to promote the brand and i think uh we set ourselves slightly differently to that johnny was front and center this is this brand is all about absolutely how he thinks and feels and from his own personal experiences so he's obviously it's his his brand his company's been at it from day one um we got introduced uh by a mutual friend both uh he, he realized both of us were looking to start something in the health and well-being space uh and we met up and and shared a lot of the same ideas and thoughts and that was when number one living really was born um the idea of what we're about and and, and why we're doing it really stems from johnny's experience as a player um and for many years when he was on the rugby pitch he's very much about how he was very fit and strong but kicking goals, scoring tries, tackling, but really not listening to his body at all. It was all about fitness and strength. It was about consuming lots of protein, weightlifting, et cetera, et cetera. And if anything, at completely opposite to health and well-being, it was all about trying to squeeze that extra bit out, out of his body and not listening when he was getting injured. And he was actually also very open about his anxiety and, and mental, mental state as a player. Um, so I suppose naturally, as he, as he retired from rugby and he's married to a nutritionist, they were they were exploring all sorts of food and drinks and diets to sort of help improve his health and well-being more generally. And and one of the things they 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 got really involved in was was consuming more living products, so products that have probiotics. Uh, included in them and that there's a vast array of them sauerkrauts to kimchi to kefirs to kombuchas and um kombucha was something that they were brewing on the on the kitchen table uh consuming on a daily basis experimenting exploring about you know different taste taste profiles and and so forth and and johnny 100 100% believes that it was this change in his diet that improved his mental and physical well-being and and it's such a relatively small change um you know perhaps trading out of a traditional soda and buying a kombucha um but one that has many benefits as you as you drink less sugar and all the things you mentioned in your intro it's got live cultures organic acids all these essential components that that, that are essential for, for living a healthy life and, and and that is that is the idea that's the nub of what number one living is trying to achieve Cool. I mean, presumably, if he could go back to his career, he he would treat nutrition and 
and so forth differently, wouldn't he? A- absolutely. And and I think, you know, the whole the whole landscape of of live cultures, gut health, etc., that's all evolving. You know, you can take yourself back 10, 20 years, it probably wasn't at the forefront of of, of science and the consumers' understanding and, and other things were at the time. So so I think things are evolving. You know, our understanding of gut health and and, and how important that is to us is 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 is, is widening. And um yeah, I think if he I don't want to speak for him, but if if time again, I think yeah, absolutely, he would have treated his body with more respect from a different level, um, from a health and well-being rather than a, a fitness, uh, yeah, purely a fitness state. Brilliant. So, what were you doing before you joined Number One Living? Um, sadly, not not on a rugby pitch. Um, but as, as but I was a mad keen uh, rugby man. Um, I. I most of my career was at Sainsbury's, so very much in the retail space and for a lot of that in, in product. So I was there for probably nearly 15 years, um, many different roles. Um, but the two that were sort of relevant to, to my journey and, and, and starting this this company up was I spent five years in the own brand team at Sainsbury's. So creating and looking after some of their very big sub brands. Um, and being really customer focused on what those sub brands were about and what the consumers they were trying to target and the general own label and marketing plan around that so a huge amount around food and drink um and i just loved that part of 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 the business and then more latterly in my career i was more more in the digital technology team um and yeah, and, and in very much and looking after a lot of the digital technology startups. So Sainsbury's had a lot of small um, businesses that they were exploring, and I headed a lot of that up. And I love the entrepreneurialism of that. So I wanted to. It was a natural thing for me to combine the two together. I wanted to be in a more entrepreneurial environment, but looking after food and drink. So that's where I decided to to look at that, and that's the point where I I met up with Johnny and and, and this this started. So yeah. That's interesting because, as you say, with, with the role in Sainsbury's, you've got the, the big scale of Sainsbury's, but quite entrepreneurial kind of projects within that. Is that, is that what we Yeah, doing? exactly. I mean, the last thing I did, and there might be some people on the call who, who've heard of it, I wish, I, I hope they have, was, a, was something called Chop Chop. So Deliveroo was, so I left Sainsbury's six years ago or something now, and Deliveroo was just starting and all these bicycles delivering uh meals to everybody and we sat down and said well what what Sainsbury's interpretation of this and it was to how could we get I mean it's the last last mile delivery now there's hundreds of players that are huge and really going after this space and I think Sainsbury's was one of the first we recognized that there was a a need for consumers getting last minute groceries within 20 minutes um and I spoke to my my boss who I got on really well with I said look this is a space we need to play in and he literally just gave me a, a small seed lump of money. Uh, I, I, I moved out of the head office into a small uh, little office, hired some people and, and launched it within eight weeks. And within eight weeks, we had two apps, one for consumers, one for the deliver, delivery um, cyclist. I went to Decathlon and bought 20 bikes. Um, you know, we set it up with one of our Sainsbury stores in Wandsworth. And we literally had this proposition up and running within, you know, within a couple of months. And that is still out there now. It's it's running from a number of Sainsbury's shops, and and there are a lot of com- people who are competing with. So it's those kind of experiences I, I just loved uh, yeah. doing, and, and they were relevant to consumers, and it was what people were wanting, and I had a good time doing it. So uh, so yeah. So 
how how has the kind of the the product range evolved and, and what is it now so our mission is all about making living drinks so drinks that contain probiotics more accessible um when we launched there were some kombuchas on the market you couldn't find them in retail they'd be at some back of a health you know health food store and some were great and some weren't so great but i think mostly the taste profiles of these drinks were quite polarizing uh they were you know they were probably targeted to more niche audiences um and maybe therefore the people's first experiences wouldn't have necessarily been as positive so we we tried to make kombucha accessible to everyone mainly first and foremost from a taste perspective um but also price branding where they're distributed etc so our range now has moved on from the you know original first few drinks um through to probably one of the most comprehensive ranges of living drinks that i know um in terms of the sort of areas we play in so we do have kombuchas we've got some water kefirs we've got some health shots and we've got some more functional uh kombuchas than now we've just launched a, a sort of a brewery range of kombucha so we we've got what we are really trying to achieve is is people who are really focused on their well-being and wanting to just take that slightly healthier alternative but not to sacrifice taste then we hopefully have got a drink for any occasion that that's that's sort of where we're trying to get to you're trying to reach a wider audience not just people who understand the, the benefits of probiotics etc yeah i mean look there are three key trends that we, we we feel are really i mean trends is probably too light a word but people are very aware about sugar intake uh people are very aware about gut health and probiotics and then there's a there's a very big trend of of millennials not drinking alcohol um and what do they drink if they don't go into a bar or restaurant and order a beer um and i think kombucha fits how we position it absolutely within each of those three and and, and very naturally so it's not something you have to shoehorn in uh the kombuchas are brewed to a point where you can remove as much sugar naturally as you, as you want out of the drink that's not then having to be replaced by artificial sweeteners or anything you can just take that down to whatever level the probiotics that's a natural occurrence so people are into the gut health and the same with people don't want to drink alcohol well it's a fermented drink so it has a lot of the taste profile that consumers would be looking for when they're drinking alcohol so it 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 plays into all three of those we're trying to target with different ranges all three of those um and if the drink tastes great whatever level of understanding people have of what that what's in that drink it doesn't really matter they 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 take they're drinking it it's a healthier alternative they can take it at just that level there's no little sugar there's no there's no nasties it's vegan it's you know all those things even if they don't get to the fact that it's got organic acids and probiotics in you know so it's uh, it's just we're just trying to be a generally healthier option for the consumers i can see from from watching the industry that low and no alcohols are kind of real real growth area as well like making that choice you know, is that where the living brewery range came from yes yeah, it's, it's, absolutely uh, i mean we ever since we've launched we've seen our drinks being consumed as an alcohol replacement um either our consumers are telling us we've got listings and, and see our products in bars and restaurants and and, and we just know that, that is a, a key a key fact um but these weren't any drinks that we had 
specifically designed for that purpose. Um, so I think with anything, you know, you, you look what where the trends are going and, and where the growth could be. And we um, have developed, as you mentioned, number one living brewery. It's a, it's a very tight range at the moment. It's got two SKUs in it, two, two drinks. One is a, a citrus hops, which is sort of like a beer replacement. And one's a, a rose blush in a sparkling sort of champagne-esque style um, 750ml bottle. Um, a little bit like a, a, a sparkling wine. Um, and they literally launched just a few weeks ago. Um, and that was the idea is for people who are wanting a, a non-alcoholic um, replacement. I've got also already friends and families that are pregnant, pregnant relatives that, you know, just wanted to celebrate, but not um not with alcohol etc and I, i'm hearing huge positive feedback on that range we've got a, a you know listed already and um we've got some great expectations uh with them yeah fabulous actually talking of listings uh what's been the approach to sales as you've grown um well look, we we are trying to not be a niche brand we're trying to bring kombucha to the forefront we're trying to sort of have a broad appeal um so therefore that goes as i mentioned already with taste profiles and branding but where that where it's distributed and we're not aiming to be in soho house or anything hyper trendy we're, we're, we're going for the big retailers the big family restaurant chains the the, the um the sort of big gyms you know etc whatever we do it's trying to be the accessible place so so retail was obviously very key for us um we we were very fortunate to to get onto the future brand scheme at Sainsbury's quite early on. Um, we've got a few good listings in there, and and I think we we're even actually the first kombucha to be listed in a big big retailer. Um, and we've worked with them for many years now, or several years anyway. It seems many, but um, and we've the the, the the range has really performed well. We've got additional SKUs in there, and we've really built same as up as a key channel along with other retailers so i think from a strategic point of view we're we're trying to be where where people are in 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 their masses i don't i know that doesn't sound too highly strategic but the big retailers we've got a listing to peter express with two of our drinks we're in david lloyd's etc so we're that's that's where we're positioning it seems to work really well we've adapted our products to to be in that case you know as many companies have you know four packs bigger size bottles etc um and we seem to be you know on a, a very good um on a very good growth trend yeah so, so yeah I, I guess you, you you need a certain level of scale to kind of target that kind of distribution or or not yeah yeah you do and and um in the early months it was it was slightly so we bought the got the brand launched um and then we've been working with Sainsbury's. Obviously, I had some contacts, having spent some time there, etc. Um, and you know, it was quite scary when we got that first listing, which was in quite a few stores. And and I think our shelf life when we first launched was scarily short. So it was, it was, you know, it was a real big commitment for us. We had to had to really go with it, and and unfortunately, it it paid off. And and since then, we we've moved into other retailers. You know, we're in like some Morrison, we've got some great listings in Holland Barrett and Boots and, and and all of those require, you know, a big volume and, and, and capability. And, and I'm sure everyone who's in my position who's listening to this, you know, it's managing cash flow, it's managing stock levels really, really tightly, trying to get 
forecasts from all your big customers as far ahead as possible, working your promotions in such a way that you're really managing your production, you're managing your cash flow, you're managing your, your customers so that you've always got stock on shelf. It, it's, a, it's a really fine balance right now. But a good position to be in, right? I'd be I'd be far more um, sad if I was saying that no one was ordering the drinks. <laughs> yes, that's the virtuous circle you want to get into, isn't it? You know, I have seen from from looking through the website, there's quite a lot of emphasis on sustainability as well as things like uh, sort of being a vegan product and dairy free. What does sustainability mean to, to your business, and and how have you applied it in in the products? Well, it's really really core to our business. Um, and Johnny explains this better than I do, but he's got a, a huge philosophy that, you know, if we're about trying to improve our customers' health and well-being, then the state of our surroundings is critical to this. Well, you know, ultimately, we can't survive if our planet doesn't. Yeah. So it, it's all interconnected, totally interconnected, and the, 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 um, the health and well-being of the planet is intrinsically connected to the health and well-being of, of an individual. Um, we broadly as a as a very simple answer to the question is we just try and make the right decision the whole time um and always challenge ourselves you know what is this is you know what what is this decision we've made how does that affect the environment you know so we right from the start we've used things like paper labels we are our, our biggest selling skews are in amber recycled glass it's got a lot more glass uh, recycled glass content um go back to labels they're all wherever possible there's one or two we just can't do but wherever possible they're all made from post-consumer waste um we don't have any plastic um we, we just try and do um we've got organic ranges um in fact even when our products aren't organic because we've got one or two minuscule ingredients in there that are very difficult to get that drink organic we still use all the other components are organic even though there's not a mention of organic on that drink um because we feel that's the right thing so all the tea and sugar in all of our drinks is organic even though many of our drinks don't state they are organic so we go to that extra level even if we're not going to get a you know anything out of it specifically it's just the right thing it's the right decision um and there's many there's much more we can do um we're looking at a lot of additional things at the moment we, we have just submitted well about a few months to, to for b corp status so we've done all that submission we'll hopefully hear back and, and be able to shout from the rooftops when that's hopefully um gone through so yeah it's it's key to our brands it's to, to many out there i'm sure but um we just really do like trying to do the right thing the B Corp status is quite interesting. Was it a question of documenting what you are as a business or did you have to change the way you operated to do it? Or We weren't doing anything we had to change um, We because, as I say, we just tried to do the right things. And, and when you're looking at the B Corp questions and trying to get your certification, that obviously played very well into that. I think as a small business, we didn't have some of the processes in place yet which was then a great structure for us to structure some of those processes you know we only had you know less than a handful of employees so some of the you know the um uh things that you need to you know uh you know if someone's pregnant what what happens well we didn't have any that situation we hadn't got that policy so you know we've now written the policies ahead of time so it's been a really good 
of structure for us to structure what we've already been doing, but also things we hadn't yet incorporated. So it's it's been a really good learning for us. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And I see from the website as well, there's, there's some great taste awards in there as well, which most people would, would give a, a maybe half an arm for a great taste award. Was that, is that a deliberate strategy? How, how has it helped the business develop? Yes. I mean, as I've said, you know, taste is front and centre of what we're, we're trying to achieve, trying to achieve. And, and kombucha is, you know, there's some people who absolutely understand what kombucha is and that's a positive thing for them and they'll, they'll search it on the shelf and others it's quite an alien sounding you know drink format and i think if you've got that taste award then it 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 takes one of those unknowns away to the consumer you know it's not me saying it tastes great it's an independent body and and and, um many consumers do recognize that um that's a logo and and would buy accordingly so we we push it to a certain degree we don't push it out as much as we perhaps could do but it is key that our products taste great and therefore winning awards is is fab and, and then having that as a an indicator to consumers that these are good tasting products it's it's all it is yes indeed part of the strategy what what does a team look like within number one living at the moment you say it sounds quite lean yeah we're, we are a small team lean in a positive way lean in a positive way look you know again it's it's a tough it's a tough, tough environment out there and you've got to be really careful who you employ and, and what roles you need. Um, we've been operating on a very core team up until about um, end of last year, actually. And then we've just hired two really great new hires into the business, one to look after some international expansion that we're looking at and one to head up our marketing. Um, so they they are really big hires for us and we're looking forward to um to what they bring into the team um so yeah i mean i think for a small business it's all about who do you need there as core who's you know full-time employee working you know every day of every every week of the year and then don't feel scared to bring in those expertise as and when you need it and that doesn't need to be a a full-time employee And, and i think we've used that balance between having the core team and 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 utilizing um consultancies in whatever area that is um who bring a lot more skill to the to the team than you would be able to as a small team employ specifically so so that's that's sort of the hybrid model we, we work and it, it it's it seems to have worked okay um today excellent and do you remember how you found frog hop and and decided to work with us I do. I do. We were, we were, it was probably well over a year now, um, a year ago. Um, and it was to, for our, the development of our two ranges, one of which is the, 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 the brewery range we've just been discussing. And the other one that came out just equally just a month or so ago, which was our living plus, which is kombucha with, with added adaptogens and vitamins. Um, and we were looking to see who we could get to, to help develop those. And, as you do sort of set your net out and, and we got several people come back saying oh have you heard of frog hop they could be just the ticket um and as they say the rest is history so we've, we we were very fortunate to be um introduced to frog hop and, and and simon and sally specifically simon i know has, has, has moved on sally is there and, and did a great job 
for us on on the development of these two drinks um and yeah we're really impressed with uh the whole journey using frog hop to help develop those drinks for us so yeah it was, it was it's been a great a great a great project excellent that sounds good um we've got some questions but one more from me which is what, what are the goals for the next couple of years we're really fortunate at the moment we're seeing some really great growth um and i think that brings fantastic opportunities but you also need to be careful how you how you go about growing you know again cash flow stock um team um etc so i think for the next two years we we've just launched these two ranges i think we're very happy with our product our entire product um range at the moment and it's now really driving those out into opportunities both in the uk um but also as i sort of alluded to we had have just employed someone to look out sort of further than the uk and and wanting to start reaching other geographies with with our with our range so that to me would be build the team up a little bit more and get the product out into more distribution um both here in the uk and and, and further afield and and drive our awareness as well you know we've now got a product that is in quite a lot of retail space quite a lot of restaurants and gyms and so forth and we've done very very little about driving our awareness of our brand and i think we're now at the scale where we can start talking more about who we are and what, what we do and, and that obviously has a benefits of, of driving you know rates of sale and, and and so forth so so i think that's the, the, the stage we're at at the moment and if we can do that over the next couple of years that that would be a great a great win for us excellent got some questions yvonne asks do you outsource manufacturing the products or have you set up your own uh, in-house facilities we have outsourced manufacturing um yes i mean they're an absolute you know partner with us um they've gone on every step of the journey um and yeah so we, we do outsource the manufacturing brilliant uh krish asks how do you differentiate from the competition as there are many kombucha brands at the moment there are um and every day there seems to be more uh, look uh, you know it's it's a personal thing you know i, I think from us and i am probably mentioned it in this this discussion already is is we try and really focus on taste um and it's a tough market because it's a great from the consumer's perspective there are now as i mentioned when we first started i think there was only a few brands and they weren't necessarily all tasting phenomenally but i think now there's a, a lot of kombuchas and a lot of them do taste great um how do we differentiate i mean we, we always do everything absolutely authentically you know we do have big tanks with scobies on the top you know we've fermented for you know days if not weeks depending on which product we're talking of so we always want to do everything 100% authentically, um, unpasteurized, raw kombucha, um, that tastes great. And, and more latterly, in terms of differentiating, we're bringing more products to market, which are not as commonly found. The Living Plus range, as I've mentioned, it's kombucha with added vitamins and, and, and adaptogenic ingredients, which there are very few of those on, on the market right now. So 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 I think, yeah, we we, we, we have a number of elements where we try and differentiate excellent and one last question would you ever consider launching a hard kombucha um 
I, I don't I never say never, but it doesn't fit with where we are at the moment. Um, Johnny's very open about not drinking alcohol. Um, that's his personal decision and how kombucha is one of those drinks that is great to drink when you don't drink alcohol. So I think we'd probably prefer to stay on the non-alcoholic side. Um, we do get a lot of people coming back to us showing how they've mixed it with the, you know with gin and, and used it as a mixer. That's you know all well and good and you know perfectly fine. But I think us as a brand, we're probably going to stay on the on the non-alcoholic side. Fabulous. Thanks so much for your time, Tim. Thanks for everyone's questions. You can find out more about the business and you can buy online at www.numberoneliving.com. All the previous Food Founders interviews at uh, froghop.co.uk slash podcast um, or uh, search for Food Founders interviews wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, we'll be back uh, next month with another founder. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Tim. Fascinating uh, business, fascinating journey. And I'm uh, obviously keen to keen to see where you go next. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate your time. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for listening. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye.